listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. I know I'm just saying, can he buy Justin Fields five seconds? Hell, can nobody buy Justin Fields five seconds? If you put a bulldozer in front of Justin Fields, no, he needs 55 seconds. Oh, my it. God. You know All what right. I'm trying to say, man. Just, you know what? You got linemen. Everybody criticized Ryan Poles for <laughs> not having linemen. Oh, my now God. Now he got them all kinds of linemen. There you go. And now he has a plethora of people. And, in fact, we should have probably just started the show and just let it go. <laughs> you know who's in the building. I'm G Sizzle. He's Rich Sizzle. He's Jay Sizzle. Listen, yes, you're sir. listening to the Sizzle. You're listening to what happened after we heard that the Bears drafted 445 people. Okay, maybe not 445 people, but they brought in a lot of people. I mean, they brought in linemen. They brought in everything you need, except everybody just keeps complaining. Okay, Rich everybody's upset because Ryan Poles didn't bring in enough wide receivers. Mm. Now, we talked about this before, and we've, we've gone over the fact that Ryan Poles is not a great fan of wide receivers. That's not where he says the emphasis of the team should be. He gave five points before the draft. He said quarterback, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, DBs and running backs. Those were the five areas he said he most like he will most likely put focus on. Mm-hmm. What did he do in the draft? They already have a quarterback. They drafted a couple of edge rushers. They drafted several linemen. Yeah. They drafted a running back yeah. and a couple of corners. Yeah, yeah. So let's start there, Rich. You drafted uh, some people to. Go enlist in the military. He drafted some beers. He draft anything that was a draft available. He drafted. Man, he was oh. a draft draft worthy. Miller genuine draft. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was draft for him. You know, root beer draft. Whatever you could think of, malt draft. I mean, hey, and I like that. You know, that rookie training camp is going to be ridiculous. Um, but no. can you can you he addressed specific needs. And like, like Jay and I was talking about, it doesn't matter who you got as a receiver. If you can't buy him five seconds to do something with the ball, it doesn't matter who you have catching for you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you got to do something to protect him. Otherwise, what's the point? So I look, I, I look at it as a good thing, but I'm sure Jay's going to have difference of opinion. So. <laughs> Okay, Jay. Okay. You just can't look like okay. that, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at him. I was like, I know right. he has something to say, so I'm going to go ahead and let him say it. All right. Out of, of these 11 picks, uh, <laughs> 10 of these guys won't be on the team in two years. It's like, what? <laughs> what are we doing? <sighs> Why are we? Okay. Okay. We need old line help. We waited till day 82. To get an offensive lineman. Why? Why why are we getting 
And the kid they got, you do you know do you know what some of his, what is the first kid's name? I, Braxton. Is it Braxton? It's <laughs> what is his name? What is his? Let me look at his name right quick. Braxton Jones from You're Southern Utah. Right. Yes. They play big time football in Southern Utah. I just wanted to say that. And uh they got a guy on there because he was two time captain of Southern Utah. Yeah. And they like him. He's he's nice in, he's nice in the locker room. How about let's see if he could put somebody on there behind on a regular basis? Can he pass block for Justin Fields? That's all I want to know. I don't care about that he's a nice guy. Matter of fact, I don't want a nice guy. I want somebody who's nasty. Now, let's be fair, Jay. They had no first-round picks, and we've talked okay. about this in the show before. <clears throat> What and a lot of the people that you're talking about was drafted in the first round, right around. That's true, but here here's the issue so though, right? What were you really expecting when you have a whole lot of other positions that you need to fill? So if the best player is available, that's always been my concept. Draft the best player available when you just don't. We have to specific angle yeah. that you want to go at. If there's that one guy in particular, regardless, you know. This guy, regardless of whatever, we're going to get him, then you get him. But when all those guys are taken, then you go for the best available. Not like they did a decent job doing that, especially when there's like, well, the guy we want's not there. Somebody wants somebody in front of us. We'll draft back, get more drafts. I thought that was a great strategy. Yeah, but here's the issue with this, Rich. You know that. How many of these guys stick, right? You could, you could have 20 guys in the draft. You can get a bubble on these guys, but a lot of these guys do not stick in the NFL. We know that we got guys drafted in the first round, and in three years from now, they will not be on the NFL football team. We yeah. know that. We know that for a fact. Now we're pushing back where we should have taken the best offensive lineman we could have took right at that first time we had opportunity to pick. We wait, right? We wait. Now, there's a whole issue about it. Do you want a guy who's playing up in southern Utah, or do you want to try – a veteran in the NFL that's coming off three or four years in the league. At least you know this guy can actually play in the NFL because he's stuck. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of competition on the offensive line, but we don't need competition. We need guys who are potential pro bowlers. That's what we need on the offensive line. We need guys who can stand up and keep Justin Fields in the upright position. If that doesn't happen, this, this thing, this shows me two things right here. First, it shows me that how many wide receivers did we take you to draft? Anybody know? I think we took one. One. Exactly. Okay. So now it, he, so Mooney's now your number one guy, right? He's got to have a thousand yard season right here for the Bears to have any hay. Secondly, you go and get four offensive linemen, but what did any of these guys come in and say they're going to come in and be potential starters? Didn't hear that. You know what I heard? I heard that the that the offensive line backups are in trouble. Really? So they're going to you know, these guys are vying for second and third team for the Bears? No, we need guys who can come in and possibly start. I don't see that from these guys. I mean, I'm hoping one of these guys come in and do start, but I don't know. This to me, there was a moratorium, a referendum actually on Justin Fields. I believe Ryan Poles does not believe Justin Fields is his quarterback. Ooh. And his and his quarterback is not on the team right now. No, that's what I think. Oh, man, okay, let me let me jump in there for a second. All right, where 
where in the world of make-believe, yeah, I'm going to call it that, Okay. are you going to get players from any aspect of football to come to Chicago right now? They are not contenders in any Absolutely. We do not know what to expect from this front office. There is a reputation certain people have. Poles has no reputation. We don't know this coach like that. Nobody does. So where are you going to pull these players that want to compete and possibly take pay cuts to do that? They're not coming to Chicago. So you have to put somebody in there. And you That's true. That if you can't do it in free agency, which you're not, let's just be honest, you have Jarvis Landry available in the, in the free agency, I think, and you have, I think, Julio Jones and maybe Odell Beckham when he comes off his injury. Do you think they're going to be phone calling Chicago's front offices, hey, I want to play for you? I don't think so. So what do you – same thing with offensive line, defensive linemen. I think Javius Clowney is available. You think he's going to be calling the Chicago Bears saying, hey, I want to come play for you? I don't think so. Not especially if they say, hey, I know you're worth $20 million, but I only got 15 to spend. Ah, he's not coming. So you got to do something. You pick a whole bunch of draft picks, pick the ones that's going to pan out, the ones that are not. Maybe we can develop this person. We know Justin Fields is not going to come out and be MVP material regardless of whether or not you have the best receiving core or not. He's not going to be the MVP next year. He's still in his second year, still in development. Come on now, let's just keep it real. So we have to develop somewhere, somehow. And like I said, you're not getting a free agency. You, have, you, you don't have any first-round picks. So you're literally throwing Hail Marys out there. And I think he did decent, especially for his first time doing it. When we're going, when we're going pick it up now. He's picking up the, the corner. I like. I like the corner. I just thought they could do better there, right? They need help on this offensive line. Now you brought four guys in, fabulous. I don't know if any one of these four guys are going to stick. That's the whole issue right now. I just don't know if they're going to stick. You, and, that, and that's and that's where I thought you got to take one position and say a one player group and say offensive line which we all know that is the Bears' weakness right now, right? And we got to say, how can we get better? So you got four guys you're going to throw into the mix. Okay. Are there, are, are there some other places where we can find offensive linemen? Are there, are there linemen up in Canada we can go get? We haven't looked up there. Are, are, are there, are there other – because what I'm saying to you is I just don't think these guys, with all the reviews that I'm reading about, I don't see anybody jumping off the chart saying this is the guy right here. He's going to walk in. He's taking the starting position. And if that's the case, now you just now you got four or two or three backups, new backups. We don't need backups. We need starters on the whole line. I understand where you're going with this. However, the Bears have in past gone for the sure bet thing. I'll throw one name out there for you. Kevin White okay. was supposed oh. to be the <laughs> Was think about it though. He was supposed to be supposed the to be receiver for the Bears. He'll be supposed a to be NFL day one starter, thousand yard receiver at minimal. Was he not? No, so the bust can't go off of that. Sometimes, what you can go off of 
I hate to say it, but in this situation, I understand it. You have to go off of what somebody's potential might be, especially when you're talking about yeah. later round picks. And that's all the Bears had this year. All right, so let's talk about some of these later round picks. Let's talk about, let's break down, since Jay you mentioned it and we've touched on it, let's talk yeah. about their first round pick, which was there in the second round, but it was their first pick that they made at pick 39 where they took cornerback Kyler Gordon out of Washington. Everyone has to do their job. Do your job. Now, the key with him is that he's a freakishly good athlete, someone who could have been a first rounder but fell into the second round based on a lot of receivers that were taken, a lot of Georgia players that were taken in the first round. He's somebody that comes in and fills a need. He is a starting second corner for you. He will be the number two in the Bears mix. So Ryan Paul starts off with getting at least a starter for the defense. And I think at the beginning of this part of the draft, you saw the blueprint for what he was going to do, which was going to be top heavy on the secondary because you've got your corner, then you come back and get a safety. So let's just, gentlemen, between the two of you, looking at what they got in Kyla Gordon, was there value there or was, you know, somebody else there that you thought would have been a better pick at that 39th pick? Want me to go first? Yeah, go sure. Right, Absolutely, you got good value. You had somebody that was projected to be picked up in the first round, into the second round. What did the Bears lose on defense? They lost a front where they could rush. They're, um, we believe they've lost Akeem Hicks, right? Mm-hmm. We're about to. They've lost Khalil Mack. Two players that kept defense offenses honest. You really just couldn't air it out on them because you were too afraid of where they were coming from from that line. You don't have them no more. So this mm-hmm. NFL is all about airing it out. And that has always that has been the weakness for the Bears for a couple of years. If you manage to get that ball out, the Bears got exposed in the, in the passing game on defense. You have to address that side. You have to put somebody out there that is a legitimate threat to come up with an interception, break up a pass, et cetera, et cetera. You, have, you don't have Kyle Fuller. He was pretty good with that. But he also capitalized in a system like that. Now you have some legitimate players with, like you said, good upside, good speed, good size, possibly good durability, which is needed in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking at some of the, the relative scores which one of the measures or the metrics they use is the RAS system, which is the relative athletic score. And so, Jay, for the relative athletic score, out of a 10-point, it's a 0 to 10-point margin, Kyler Gordon got a 9.69, wherein his measurements, everything fell in. He falls into what it seems to be, with Matt Eberflus, a prototype cover two corner someone that they need to run the system. So, Jay, is there somebody else that you thought was better at that pick, or did the Bears get a starter that they needed to move forward? No, I look down the line and see that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take Luke Godecki about seven or eight picks later at offensive tackle, and he's looked like he's going to play starting offensive guard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was there for you. This is what I'm talking about. Now, is the kid a good pick? 
Yeah, I like him. He's big. He's strong. But he does not come in right away and fit a and, and fix a glaring need. The most glaring need for the Chicago Bears is the offensive line. This kid's going to be good, yeah, because he's going to play a lot of snaps. He's going to play a lot of snaps because we're going to see a lot of three and outs for this Bears offense. A lot of them. So now, is Kenny Kid? This guy is not really a one-on-one single coverage cornerback. Uh, this guy is a more zone-based cornerback. No, he's playing a technique I haven't really seen before when you actually turn your back on the receiver almost to the sideline and force him to the inside. Really hadn't seen that technique before. I mean, it ha it, I sort of dug he was ready to run, but the whole issue is, is that I think the Bears will be better on defense because they did pick up guys out there that's going to help in the secondary. But, I mean, here's the thing. It, What's the long? What's the long range plan? We're going to see a long range plan here. I just thought there was a better, better value pick to fix pieces of their offense. Well, there was another. There was. A, I think the Nebraska center was available. He plays big time. He plays big time uh, football in a big time conference, and he was there available. A few picks after that. I just thought the Bears had glaring needs that they need to take right up top and not wait for a hundred picks later. Jay, Jay, I'm gonna. You remember old old Space Jam movie? Yeah. You, you that was a good movie. My kids used to watch it all the time. You reminded me of uh, when they're in the huddle and Michael Jordan's like, we on defense. We talking about defense, man. You bring hey. up offensive players. Hey, because, they need, we, <laughs> because we need to talk about offense. This is going to be – look, this is a sham offering, okay? You know that, you know. <laughs> This, this is a sham mockery. All right. So, obviously, Jay was not a fan of the first pick in the second round, which was pick 39. But yeah. then in the yeah. second round, the Bears also picked at number 48 safety Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. Now, Jaquan Brisker gets a 9.1 on the RAS scale. He The breakdown of him is he's a physically gifted safety someone who can come up and he can play at all three levels. He can play in the box. He can play up high or he can play as run support. So anywhere you want to put him, he can fit in as a safety, something to give Eddie Jackson some more help back there because he's a safety last line of defense. So Jay, let's go back to you. Cause I know Rich is going to come in and give us some, some base on what this pick was, but as far as a defender, we already now we're getting a feel for what what's going on. You're saying to yourself, "Wait a minute, Ryan is trying to solidify the other side of the ball." In fact, the head coach is. Oh, I get this. Just like Lovey Smith taking a quarter, I mean a cornerback with the third pick in the draft. I, we didn't even talk yeah. about that foolishness. No, that but was fabulous. Moving forward. <laughs> Jay, do you that see this as a problem man. with Brisker, with the pick of Brisker at pick 48? Well, look, Brisker is a type of guy who's going to help your secondary out. He's, he's rangy enough. He's going to come up. He's going to stick his hat in there and play the run for you, which I think I don't think either one of these picks are bad picks. Now, don't get me wrong. I just think they were the wrong picks. But I think this kid's going to help out. But now, what does this what does it say about their safeties that they already got? Is he coming to compete with uh, – the, the, the starting strong safety already? 
Is that what we're looking at? Are we looking at you know, are we looking at just on competition or is he gonna come in to play the uh the weak safety position? You know what I'm saying? It all appears I don't understand. I don't know yet what Ibrafloos's plans are. Is is he just bringing in people so we have competition so we could have depth? Because we do understand in the NFL, one of the big problems that you have, guys go down for injury. And if you don't have the depth in there, there's going to be a problem. So maybe you're looking, you're going to win games by attrition that we could bring in our number twos, our, our decent number ones. We're going to bring them in there. Um, is, it, is this a guy that's going to come in and winning starting spot? I haven't heard anybody say that. I don't know, Rich. I'm looking at the fact that you're looking at Eddie Jackson that they're probably going to put back at free safety and move Brisker over to strong. So now you've got a safety who can play in the slot. He can play in the box. He can play out on the island by himself deep. So is this a pick that you would have made if you're trying to solidify that second end and that secondary for the Bears? Sure, if you like versatility when you come to defense. And I think that's kind of what the Colts defense looked like last year. The only difference mm. with the Colts yeah, was sure. with – as, as in with the Bears, a lot of times in, in later games, the defense looked tired. The Colts didn't look tired because they were able to transition. They had players they could swap in and move around mm -hmm. and things like that. If you can create a defense like that, that, okay, this guy is uh, a little bit better than you. Let's move you off. This person move here, go to a zone, go to a read, et cetera, et cetera. And, and move your pieces around to where you don't have a necessary weakness on defense, then you're fine if that's what they're going at, getting a lot of um, multi-talented players that can transition to different players, different positions during the game. That would be awesome if they can do that. It's a good thing to start young rather than uh, when you've got a player that's about four or five years in the league. They're not going for that. So. <laughs> As we move forward, we look at the third round where the Bears' next pick was. This is where it gets a little spicy, gets a little dicey. This is where questions came in about Ryan Pohl's drafting acumen. At that point in the draft, at point 71, he picks up wide receiver Vellis Jones out of Tennessee. I like the name. Now, Vellis Jones is a gadget player at best. And on the RAS system, he gets a 7.1 out of the 10-point scale. If you're looking at a player who can come in and do some things, some Debo Samuel type of things, if you're looking at somebody you can line up and make as a punt returner, kick returner, someone who you can put in the slot, someone that you might be able to run some wildcat with, anywhere you go, he seems to be that guy. So, Rich, I'm going to start with you. At 25, is Mr. Jones... Vellis Jones Jr., is he a good pick for the Bears at that 71 range? They needed a wide receiver. They got a wide receiver. They got a versatile wide receiver. And as you talked about with Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, players like that who come from the slot, can run the ball, like you said, can do a wildcat, can that kind of offensive system work for the Bears with a Justin Fields-type quarterback? Yes. Will it work? Uh, I don't know. But I like I like the pick, and, and I like the thought process with it. So it did address a need. He's, he's not uh, – I like your traditional style, six-foot-two and above receiver. I think he's only about 5'11 or something like that. So 
don't look for him for the jump balls, but in the slot, if he can, if he can beat on that line, he should be a good pick though. I think he was, what did he run his, uh, his, his 40 and like a four point three. Yeah. I mean, it's fast. I like that. You know, like I said, especially in the slot, you know, if he breaks a tackle, that's, that's 20 yards right there. He's. Yeah. He's right there at it. Jay, he's someone that replaces um, a kick returner that the bears lost in grant. He's someone that can come in in the slot. He, a lot of ways, and I, I didn't hear him say it specifically. I think they're looking at Jones like the way you look at what they did in Kansas City. And they are trying to model that, again, going back to that word, ver versatility. I don't know specifically, but let's look at what Kansas City, what did the Kansas City just lose, Jay? Who was the one player they just lost? Terry, so, so we think this is Tyreek Hill? Ish. If you're going to put it yeah. in that in that in that mold, I mean, Tyreek Hill was a what? What was he a fifth round pick? He fits the size and build and speed of Tyreek Hill. This was a this was a guy this was a guy who really couldn't crack the wide receiver lineup at USC. He's a guy who his final season at Tennessee he actually got out and played some decent wide receiver. Now, is he a late bloomer? Yeah, he's a really late bloomer. He's 25 years old, right? So we got to look at from that. Are, have, have we seen his rookie seasons already go beyond him already? You know what I'm saying? Because he's a 25-year-old rookie now. Now, he's got 4-3 speed. But at that pick, is this the guy, unless unless he just, he's that diamond in the rough guy, we just don't know what's going to happen. But again, I think that's what you see a lot of what a lot of these picks are. Super fast. Let's see if we can get this guy, throw him out here, and maybe this guy blossoms here. Maybe our special teams guy can get him going. Maybe he's going to be – now, is he going to be our Ty, Tyreek Hill? You know, is he 4-3 in pads? Well, that's the question. You know what I'm saying? A lot of, you've got a lot of guys running 4-3 and 4-4. Tyreek Hill, 4-3 in pads. And that makes a big difference, right? Now, if you're 4-3 in pads, are we going to keep Justin Fields upright enough to get the ball to him downfield? Because that's the only way this guy is going to be. Now, if you put him in the slot, he's not that big of a guy. We see what happens to small guys in the slot. We had a guy like that, not that fast. What was his name? Uh, the little small guy that did great for a little while. Uh, I can't think of his name now. You, 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 you um, see, you get ready to start talking about chicken salad. And we can't. <laughs> you, I'm not going to let you just talk about the young man just because his nickname was chicken salad. And now you make me hungry. You know? Hey, really hey. I mean, look, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping this guy, I'm hoping this guy flashes somewhere. You know, I'm all of a sudden we know he he got his he found his hands all of a sudden because he couldn't find him at USC. But I'm usually guys who play well in the league play well all the way through their careers. You know, they stand out somewhere. Now, I mean, you have a few late bloomers here and there, but I mean, was he not coached well at USC? Or no, was it the tenant was it the volunteers all of a sudden that knew how to coach wide receivers? I don't know. Four speed, we'll see what happens. Maybe he's a kick returner guy. But again, can we find a kick returner in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round? Seventh round? Do we have a seventh round anymore? No. That's no, what we should have did not draft him to be a kick returner. No. Wow. What is he going to be? Okay, so are you saying he's coming in to be a starter? They he's coming in to start? Him to compete mm -hmm. for a starting position uh -huh. at wide receiver. 
Yes, I did say it. However, if you're going to keep going to your trump card about this offensive line gimmick and stuff, I'm going to go back to my trump card and say, listen, what, what, when was he drafted and what round? Late in the third or fourth? Okay. What are you expecting from a person? You expect somebody who has raw potential and that's it. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. If they don't, so what? You drafted them in the third round plus. If they do, great. We got a steal. There it is. Uh, what's that called in, in, in betting? Low risk, high reward. Boom. There you have it. Mm. Well, the Bears not having a fourth round pick made it even dicier. It made it a little spicy for things. So you get a kick returner who's going to compete in the slot. And the Bears already have a receiver that is short, but even though short, he's put up 3,000-yard seasons, back-to-back 3,000-yard season. So it speaks to something of that receiver and what the Bears are probably looking to do. But to Jay's point, what they did do then in the fifth round is they made some trades they did a little shenagling for nagling, and now they're in pick 168 in the fifth round where they get OT Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah. Now, the good thing about him, if you're looking from the RAS system, is Braxton grades out at 8.4 on their rating scale. The breakdown of him is simply he's a swing tackle that played left and right tackle at Southern Utah but primarily was a left tackle. And so, therefore, they're saying he has good feet, good hands, can get some placement, and maybe somebody that will either compete or be your backup at your left or right tackle position. So, Jay, you are the resident lineman, so we'll start with you. When you look at Braxton Jones, is this a pick that satisfies your need for offensive linemen? Well, no, they passed up on something. But here's the thing. Can't he come in and displace Tevin Jenkins and make Tevin Jenkins go over to the right side where he should be? You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think Tevin Jenkins is your starting left left tackle. So we got to wait and see now. Yeah, in camp, um, I think he's been playing. Yeah. Tevin Jenkins has been playing right tackle in yeah, camp yeah, that's so where he need, That's where he needs to be. I mean, because Tevin Jenkins has got a nasty streak, but he also has a bad back. You know, so we got to find out can he can he stay healthy enough to play? I think he's I think he's tough enough to play in the league. I think he's nasty enough to play the league. I think you just I don't think he's your left tackle. We got to look at this guy and let's see if this is a guy you could put at left that can stay upright against these freakishly fast defensive ends that are coming in now. You see the kid from Michigan, what is he, six feet, six one, maybe mm-hmm. something like that, 240 pounds flying off the end. So, I mean, you got to have a guy who move his feet and move his feet with those type of guys. We got to see if this guy can be able to do it. Um, I just don't know if this player has seen that type of athlete in Southern Utah. You know, I think, I think pedigree makes a big difference. You know, I say, I think uh, every once in a while you get guys from small schools. But usually these guys coming out of the Nebraska's, coming out of the Washington States, coming out of Oregon, except for us, uh, come out and play pretty well. So we have to just see, can this guy step up and, and, and compete and maybe win a starting position? I'm hoping that he does, because if he doesn't, then we're never going to see a domino effect going down this offensive line picks. 
because uh, at that point now, you're, as Rich would say, you taking guys out, you run them out there, and just see if somebody sticks. Yeah, so Rich, we're looking at a right tackle, left tackle, swing tackle, but primarily is going to be a left tackle. So at this point, can he unseat Larry Borum at that left tackle spot? That's the question we're asking right now. Is he going to be that? Or is Larry Borum not getting the respect due? Is he not, maybe with good coaching and maybe with a, a, a change of staff, maybe Larry Borum's a better left tackle than we think. Well, we'll see. You know, as, as far as the draft pick goes, as, as Jay says, um, he's smaller than what I would like, but he looks mean. You got you got a meanie in there. So sometimes, you know, sometimes your drive and, and where you want, how much you want it more than somebody else will play a huge factor. So that's going to be up to him. He's got to overcome his size. And, and I think he's a little more top heavy than what you normally see in an offensive tackle, but I don't think you're going to run them over either. So, I mean, well, I don't have, like I said, here we go, late round picks. Do we expect him to be a starter? No. So can he come in and give a breather, do some replacement, run a wildcat scheme? Yeah, I think he can. He's not a slow guy, you know, so. Okay. Well, we, I think it's a value, valued pick. Put okay. It like, given the- so, okay, we'll say that's a value backup pick, someone who can come in that does bring some more weapons into your, your arsenal. So let's go to the fifth round. In the fifth round, the Bears pick up at pick 174, edge rusher Dominique Robinson out of Miami of Ohio. Now, here's the weird thing about him, Jay. He's a converted wide receiver, 6'4". Like it. 250 pounds. Like um, it. He's somebody you can bend. He's bendy, comes off the edge. Now, his like it. RAS score is a 9.7. So you're looking like at somebody who's not only a good rotational player who gave you 41 in his vertical jump, um, he has. I was going to talk about that, man. Yeah, he has almost 82. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it. Uh, I like this wingspan. <laughs> this kid yeah. has a lot of what you're looking for, especially in this new 43 front. So, Jay, let's look at the value. Did the Bears get a value pick at number 174 with Dominique Robinson? This one I'm going to say right here has the potential to be the steal of the draft. Mm. All right. You, you got a converted wide receiver. So what does that tell you? He got quick and he's twitchy, mm. all right? That means he got a quick get-off. You play wide receiver at any level, you got a get-off. All of a sudden, you take a guy and you drop 50 more pounds on him, and this guy's still running at 4'7"-ish. I believe he runs 4'7 in pass. So this oh. is a guy I think is going to come off the edge. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? This is a guy who's going to come off the edge and not get tired and keep coming. So this might be your replacement for, you know, he might not be Khalil Mack, but you look at this guy who could come off the edge and, and get upfield on it, this guy's going to cause a problem for for our quarterbacks in the NFL. I think this might be the best pick that they had. When, when they picked this guy, um, they had they had talked about him before, and I was surprised when I found out that he had fell that far because this is a guy um, who has just astronomical – um, upside 
because he has all the things you want. And the best part, like I said before, he was a converted wide receiver. And that means this guy is quick and fast, and I like that. Yeah, Rich, I'm talking about somebody who might not replace. We're not really talking about any replacement for Khalil Mack. But we are talking oh, no, about no, somebody no. that you can pair with Travis Gibson later down the road in a year or so because you don't know what you're going to do about Robert Quinn. But a good rotational player, somebody who can be there, Rich, I, and what you got at the fifth round, I mean, that's that Alex Brown range. That's that guy that comes in and then has a good 10-year run in the league and takes you to playoffs and goes around. I'm just saying I don't think you could have done any worse. What say you? No, nah, you, you're right. Everything you just said. When Jay and you guys talked about his sheer athleticism, his run chart, he's a guy a 41-inch vertical. He was a receiver. You know he can catch the ball. So imagine he's like a slot receiver's nightmare. He's going to bat down balls. He might actually catch a few of those balls that's thrown closer towards him. He may catch cause a quarterback to think twice about throwing the ball over there. He might be able to fall back off of the line and, like I said, give that slot receiver some nightmares to think about because I think he's got – I mean, he's not biggest guy, but I'm sure he packs a little bit of a punch, especially coming straight down range. Yeah, I, I like the pick. Is he going to be a day one starter? Maybe not, but I totally see him making the team and playing some significant minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Bears had to move on. And what happened in day three for Ryan Poles was that he got creative and he got, he started playing cards and he started putting it out there on the table. He's a great card player because then he started moving assets around. My man started picking up picks. And I don't mean a little bit. He'd been talking about it for months, but hadn't said anything. So now he's starting to get some guys. He's dealing this one and moving down and then coming back and getting somebody else. So in the sixth round, at pick 186, the Bears select offensive tackle. They didn't even say what. They just said offensive tackle, Zach Thomas from San Diego State. He is projected. Now, right now, he's projected as being a guard in the league, but has great athleticism, gets up the field, good size at 6'4", about 308. He's a good, good tackle, good guard, good swing. And the good part about him is on the RAS system, he rates at an 8.9 already. So, Jay, was there some more value that they were able to find down further down with Zach Thomas? Uh, if he makes a team, he's a consummate backup because he'll probably be able to play at least all four positions. And if he learns a snap, he might be able to fill in at center because he's played a lot of different positions in college, which is, you know, you need that in backup. You need a guy who can play right, left tackle. You need a guy who can come in um, innocent. So you got to, you got to, uh, to me, he's a guy going to be a consummate backup. Um, you know, you don't know, as Rich was saying before, you really don't know until you get him out there um, in training camp and just see what they're going to come up with. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe they coach him up. Maybe his steps are too long. Uh, maybe he's overextending in his pass protection. If he can get his elbows back and sit back down and not overextend and move his feet, all of a sudden now you change a guy who's an okay pass protector into a pretty good pass protector, and that means you, you've stolen something. So is a guy coachable? We don't know. Um, how much big-time football he's played? Don't know. But he's played a lot of football. And so I think as a pick, 
he's definitely one. He's definitely one of these. Don't know. I don't. I don't think in the in the in the long term, this is a guy who's going to be here in the long run. I just don't know if he has the physical ability to make an impact, and that's what the Bears need on the offensive line. Rich, is this an impact player, or is this just a guy that they're bringing in to get some depth? Well, this guy's going to have to be as strong as Bigfoot, pretty much. He's got the same kind of build as Braxton Jones, which is a little concerning, but his wingspan is almost seven foot long. Mm. And mm. that how many good edge rushers are going to get around him? Unless he's, like I said, got some extreme strength and can push off pretty well. I, I don't, I, I'm with Jay. I don't really see him, this guy going far in the league. I mean, he's worth a shot. If they can uh, build his strength up, probably get him a little more weight, get him anchored more. He, he could be, but it, it's a project, you know, we'll see. I just, I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah, he's just meh yeah. right now. Also in the sixth round, the Bears pick up at the 203rd spot, running back Tristan Ebner out of Baylor. He's a versatile back who is a primary running back, but he's a great special teamer as a returner, kick returner, and punt returner. He does have 4-4 speed and pads, and he was a former high school receiver. He'll do well on special teams. Don't know if he'll make much of an impact but he's a physical north to south runner. Now his score on the RAS system was only a 4.8. So where he stands right now with the team and behind a couple of running backs, Jay, I don't know where Epner is going to fit in, but he gives the option if you want to do a lot of passing out of the backfield because he is adept at running routes. I mean, he's one of these guys. I mean, because he comes out of out of Baylor, that means he's played a lot of against a lot of good competition. Um, like you say, he's got good hands. Is this a guy now? He just doesn't, he, you know, was he four or five in the forty or something? Like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, so he's not a burner of any type. So I mean, is this a guy you can you know put him in the slot? I mean, is is this a guy you never know though? Behind decent offensive line, is he that guy that all of a sudden can flash? Because you know you always find a running back in these lower rounds that find a way to uh, to get on the football. And then they find a way to start in this league. You see it all throughout the league. These guys come in and start. So this might be one of these guys who might have that ability. But again, there's nothing on him that super stands out. But maybe like his biggest thing, like you said, he was a wide receiver in high school. So he does have ball skills. And maybe you can get him one-on-one on, on these linebackers. On the outside, when they're in man, when they're in man across, under, like they're two deep man under, and he's got, to, and you got a uh, linebacker's got to track him. Maybe you get him one on one. Maybe they replace for him like that. Um, you know, possibly this guy might be a guy that they could use um, a little bit. I'm gonna say like Debo Samuel, just because he has the wide receiver hands, and I think for a running backs now in the NFL, you got to be able to catch the football downfield. Is you know you got that that wheel route's important. But you got to be able to push the ball downfield and take your uh, linebacker and beat him downfield up the hashes and go get, and go get that 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 uh, medium to long ball that's going to come at you. So we'll see. We saw that we saw that uh, with our running backs. Um, a lot of times they weren't able to get separation in the secondary, and so especially against against linebackers, which you should be able to do as a running back. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Rich, is he a guy that comes in and sticks because of his special team's ability, 
Or is this guy, is is he maybe somebody that gets cut right after training camp? I think if he makes the team, it's because of special teams. I don't see him being a rotational player on the offense. In particular, I, I think we're, we're pretty good with our two running backs that we have now. And, you know, like Jay says, he could be, he could not be. But I think they drafted him specifically for return, punt return, kick returns, you know, may, maybe on the other side of the special teams running down. But as far as offensive scheme, I just don't – I don't see it at this point right now. Good insurance to have maybe if one or both running backs go down, but not in your average rotation. No. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the fact about them picking up players – what I, I saw a pattern with Ryan Poles, and that was he was building then the special teams. Maybe you can't get these players for your main team. Maybe these aren't the first three-phase guys, but this is that, that phase where you need players to come in because you've got to have special team players, which is where round six pickup at 207 of offensive lineman Doug Kramer from Illinois comes in. Doug Kramer played as a starter, as a center. Um not a great – he doesn't have a lot of, of great anything, really, in the measurements, but he knows blocking schemes. He's a, a very good zone blocker. He's a little bit smaller, uh, around 6'2", somewhere in there. He reminds you a lot of Sam Mustafer. He has that, a lot of that Sam Mustafer in him. Probably will stick at center, be a backup guard, on the RAS system, he grades out at 8.4. Jay, should he make it? And that's a big should Doug Kramer make it. Is he somebody that you look forward to as your backup center on this Bears line? I think for Ryan Poles, he's going to be really good because he knows where the nearest subway is. And he could help out um, being his assistant. <laughs> In a couple of years, I think that's why he picked him up. He just reminds him of himself. Uh, there's no way this guy makes the roster. He's going to be a great coach. Rich, I don't even know how to follow that one up. Rich Sizzle, uh, is uh, this gentleman going to be Mr. Kramer? Is he going to be the new uh, college scout of college players in two years? I just think he's a good candidate for the practice squad. Okay. Okay. Now, if I can he do makes that. It, Rich, if he makes this practice team, I will buy you whatever subway sandwich you want. <laughs> he is not He is not going to roster. He just, you want the double meat, extra bacon on there? I got sure you. sure do want but, extra bacon. Yeah. Yeah. This, this guy is not, this guy is not going it, to right? roster. <laughs> yeah. You want to toast it? Yep. <laughs> this guy's not. This guy's not going to roster. Just There's give no me an all bacon and cheese sandwich toasted. <laughs> okay. You know what? We got to do our show when we talk about uh, would you rather. We got to talk about which subway, which toasted sub would you rather. But I don't like toasted subs. Oh, like that's gonna make a great show. <laughs> but for now, we've got to talk about a round seven pick when you got your man who was do making deals. Yes, we do. Because we've got to talk about pick 226. You can't just throw the rest of these guys in one. I mean, I feel like... No, no you cannot. You're, you're not going to just let me throw uh, All right. Jay Tyree and uh, Jay Tyre, Jay Tyre Carter. 
from Southern. He's a big bad mama jamma uh, Jay. And, and man, you got to say his name right because I still can't say it right. Jay Tare? Jay Tare? Jay Tare? Dude, man, you got to say it right, bro. Oh. That's Jatari, man. Jatari, where you from? Oh, that boy from Louisiana right there, man. Look here, man. Look here, man. He eating crawfish down there with, uh, yeah, that's Jatari, man. Y'all ain't calling right. You know what I'm saying? And why I like talking about this gentleman is he's a left tackle. He's 6'3", 315 pounds, a converted high school basketball player. I uh-huh. like guys like this. Yes. I like, I like athletes. He's aggressive. He's somebody who is out there. Now, he only gets a 6.3 on the RAS scale. But, Rich and Jay. Jay, I'm going to throw this one to you. Last year, yeah. as a starting left tackle at Southern, a Hubeck brother who did not give up a sack all season. Don't know how hey. great that is against the competition. I think it's great. But I didn't give up a sack, Jay. So what do you say? I think it's great for two reasons. First thing, this guy was a basketball player, so you know he's got good feet. You know he played down below, so you know he knows how to post up and slide and do all these all things you have to do to be a very good, especially tackle in the league. Now, him not giving up a sack, that means he's able to stay in front of people. He's able to stay in front of people. And I think that's one of the first things you need to be able to do in the NFL. You can get run over. You just stay in front. And this guy is, what, 275 pounds? That means he's about nah, 290, right? He's, he's about that. two. He's, no, he's yeah, bigger than he's that. He's, two, he's, he's that. 315. I mean, this he's, he's a big boy, so, yeah. yeah. But, but, he, but he carries it real well. So that means he's going to move his feet. So I think this might be a guy you never know if he got the nasty streak in him and he can and he can pass block, which he showed that he can at Southern. If he can pass block, you might have found somebody right here who might be able to help you, you know, just because of those intangibles. I think intangibles are everything. I think if you're an athlete, especially in the NFL right now, you have a big chance to be a starter. These guys who are one-trick ponies, this is not the NFL in the 1970s and 80s anymore, where all you could do was play guard. That's it. You have you 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 have to be a guy who, you know, look at these guys. Look, Rich, look at these guys now. All these linebackers, you gotta run four or five, sub four or fives now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You you there's, there's none of the, none of these starting linebackers in the NFL run four eights anymore. You know what I'm saying? You you, you got to be able to go sideline to sideline. So, uh, guy, athletes are a big deal. This guy looks good, body fate wise. I I like the way his legs look. He's got those big um, legs there. Look good. I think he's gonna be all right. Not a lot of fat on this guy. I think he's gonna be pretty decent. Let's hope they can coach him up and and get him ready to go. He might be one of those diamonds in the rough. I'm hoping that. All right. So let's round out the end of the give seventh me a round. To say nothing. No, because you didn't want to talk about it. You didn't want to talk about it. You didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> you didn't want to talk about him. And and here's the thing, Rich. I talk I about him long ago. I think he's going to talk move. about him. I, I think, I personally think he has everything on paper. Okay. Yeah. But one of the things, like you said, against the competition, what competition, competition. do you have? Um. Right. But one thing is funny about that. So he played basketball 
and he could rebound pretty well. One game he actually had 17 rebounds. That mm -hmm. means you know how to get low. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a funny thing. People like think when, when you're rebounding the ball, you got to be tall or whatever. No, you have to low man inside that post is going to usually get the rebound. So he knows how to get low, which is where he needs to be in his position. So he has the gifts. He has all the presence that he needs. Can that equate out to on the field? I think he gets a good shot at it, though. I think he's another good candidate for the practice squad. You know, I will say this, Jay, and I was to go off of what we just talked about, about players. Unlike Kramer, I see uh, this brother being able to fit in some different molds. You can move him. If you need to put him in center, you can teach him how to be a center. But he can do both of the inside guards. Uh, his hand placement is a little wacky. So say the, the experts. But, Jay, when you look at this kid, and, I, and I'll say it like that. I'm not to be disrespectful. But when you look at this young man, enough. yeah, I'm looking at a, a kid who can, you can make him into something. As you said, he's versatile enough. Now, to Rich's point, this is a, he's a, he's shown you he's an athlete. He's a true player. And I yeah. want to talk about him just a little bit longer because he's a kid where they're saying if hand placement and he gets displaced a little bit, but he didn't give up a sack a whole season. Not a pressure, Absolutely. not a sack. Jay, how hard is it to teach movement of hands and being able to place where he's able to get those hands and get them inside and get good pad leverage on his hands? What it tells me, if he didn't give up a sack, you know what it tells me is that he does not overextend. You know, that he could, the first thing, especially at that level of football, good defensive ends, we all know ripping an arm older, ripping it underneath. You know, we're going to get you out, we're going to get you extended, or we're going to come inside and hit you with the club and rip up underneath you and come up underneath you. So this guy is disciplined in his drops. He has to be because, you know, even though he played at, at, a, at a school, you probably wouldn't know who it was if they didn't have a name on the front of their jerseys. But this is a guy you're still playing at a Division One level college football program. And so he's played against other athletes. Now, are they top, you know, is this, is this Alabama-type athletes? Probably not. But you're talking to guys who can still rush and get up the field. For him not to give up a sack, that's the reason why I'm saying this might be a guy because he has the athletic ability and the want to, the discipline to play snap after snap discipline football. Now, should he even went higher in the draft? No, because he might maybe have some things that he doesn't do well. Maybe like his hand placement, like you said, is bad. Maybe he targets bad in the run blocking. Maybe he doesn't get low enough. We know Rich talked about he does bend his knees, but we haven't seen anybody say anything about that he's a road grader of any type. But you don't need to be a road grader in the NFL. You need to stand up in front of people and just play up close and hug them close like there's someone you love and let the running back run past you. Yeah, Rich, I'm, I'm going to stay here for just a, a little bit longer. But is he a product of Coach Sanders, of Deion Sanders, pushing and advocating for Quebec players to get a look and to get a tryout, at least bring them into camp, see what they can do? Is this one of the kids you say to yourself, he could make this team, and in 10 years, if he's still on the team and playing as a starting guard or tackle somewhere. Is he somebody who's benefited from this new era of football? 
Yeah, but at the same time, this is good scouting as well. As we've already talked about. He has the physical blueprint, par se, that you want. He has the stats that you want. Like you said, gave up zero sacks and looks on paper to be a monster. What mm-hmm. more can you really ask for, especially in a deep round draft pick? That is what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. If he makes it, man, y'all did good up in there. If he doesn't, man, well, we picked him late anyway. Right. 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 So moving right along to the seventh round, you got two picks. Bears made back-to-back picks in the seventh round. With the 254, they picked up Elijah Hicks from Cal, a converted corner who will be another safety to add to a very thin safety room for the Chicago Bears. And also their last pick was Trenton Gill out of North Carolina State as a punter. Now, these two pick gentlemen, we'll just start, Jay. I'll start with you. The Bears need to replace their punter. They've gotten a young man in the seventh round that you picked up who is a punter. They say he's a driver. He likes to drive balls. He doesn't get a lot of hang time. And in Chicago, maybe that's not a great thing to have a lot of hang time. You want somebody to drive that ball down the field. And with the Bears picking up another safety, that lets you know how they feel about their safety room from what they have currently and that they need to keep getting young men in here. And to both of your points, but especially to your point, Rich, where you talk about rotation, as Matt Eberflus likes to rotate in guys. I'm looking at a team that you're looking to see the Bears creep up into that from the middle of the pack, from the end of the pack where they were defensively last year to at least the middle, somewhere around the 15, 14 mark. But I think they're trying to move you into that 10 mark where the Colts were last year, being the 10th defensive team in that in the league. If you can get around 10 with these collection of young people they have, Jake, I think the Bears could start to make some noise. And with a good defense, you might be able to help your quarterback to get some good things going on. So what do you think about the last two picks for the Bears? A safety and a kicker. Or, no, is he a kicker? Yeah, he's a punter. He's He's a a punter. punter. The problem problem with him as a punter, though, they're they're talking about that he's inconsistent with his punting. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes he hits the big one, and then sometimes he's shanking a few. Mm-hmm. We know field position is huge in the NFL. If you can flip the field or or not flip the field, that is the difference between six points a lot of times um, on possession. So um, is this a guy going to kick the ball for you on a break? I mean, what I'm always amazed about mm-hmm. how difficult it is to be a standout in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Out of all of these punters, all the guys kick the full football all around the world, you find guys that just say, hey, he's a little inconsistent with his distance. You would think by now, because of they have all the, you know, swing planes and, you know, like like golf swing, they know exactly where his foot is. You, you would think you would just have guys booming the ball on a regular basis, but it just shows you that it's very difficult to play at these high levels. Is this a guy? My biggest thing with him, he's going to have to be a holder for, for uh, Santos, right? Mm-hmm. So can he get the ball down uh, on a regular basis? Uh, and not drop one down on the ground, you know, spin the laces like you're supposed to, because that's going to be a big deal. Is the rhythm going to be the same? You know, because th- these field goals and extra points, there's going to be a lot of field goals, uh, are going to be really important to keep the Bears in, um, 
in contention if they are in contention this year. As for the safety, the kid uh, is from, I think, uh, Cal. Cal, yeah. Or something like that. I just, you know, he's a smaller guy that, you know, probably, you know, has a little bit of a nasty streak. He has to be. And, uh, you know, he's in, he's, he's in. Now, what we do find out, sometimes he's seven big stick. You know what I'm saying? Because they ain't costing you no money. And if you got the, if there's a difference between a, a, a seventh rounder and a fifth rounder or a fourth rounder, and it's even, a lot of times they'll take that seventh rounder because they ain't got to pay you. So it just might be a guy, if he comes in and hits somebody, you never know. What's the league minimum? 300,000, 400, something like that? Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there might be, you know, if it's a guy who come in money wise, <laughs> a league minimum and play, might stay at his mama's house. Uh, you know, and play for you. This might be a guy that you bring. I mean, I, look, I love guys like this. I hope they make. I hope guys like this make the team because it's got to be a thrill just to be drafted. You probably didn't think he was going to get drafted. You know, and, and and here's the thing about it: he's probably mad because he's drafted. Because even if you're a uh, if you're a, a free agent, you can sort of pick and choose where you can go uh, that you might be able to make the team. So hopefully, hopefully he shows good tape, and if he doesn't stick with the Bears, maybe he'll stick with somebody else. Well, Rich, to Jay's point, the one thing about the new punter drafted and is, is he supposed to be a great holder? He's supposed to really know how to be a, a good placement holder for your kicker. So it's a good thing. And then you've got a young man who's going to play safety. But again, he's going to play down in that box. He's going to be able to show what he can do at a seven-round pick. And to Jay's point, he will be inexpensive. Do you think that they were able to find value in these two picks in the seventh round? Nah, I don't. And I apologize. I could not find the scouting report on that safety pick. And to what Jay said, what I could find about the uh, punter draftee is the question of consistency. I think they just picked him simply because it was a need that the Bears had and it was a safe pick at seventh because you can say, well, we needed this pick. And if he doesn't mark out, there is a wide selection of free agents in that position that they can pick from, i.e., how they wound up with Cairo Santos in the first place. He was a free agent. He went on and picked him up. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, as we wrap it up, we know the Bears have a lot of undrafted free agents that they brought in. One, a really interesting kid that they brought in is they brought in a new tight end. I don't know what they're getting ready to do with their tight end room and a lot of a lot of tight ends. They got they got a lot of guys coming in and tight end. And somebody was like, well, he didn't have much production, but hey, the guy in front of him did get drafted to the Ravens as a pick. And the Ravens seem to have had a wonderful draft where they just picked anybody they wanted to. It was like just taking candy from babies. They were just taking players all over the board. Yeah, draft. Hey, here are the Bears picks. We've detailed them. We've outlined them. Gentlemen, we've gone over their picks from the beginning to the end. Jay, I'll start it with you as we get ready to close out. Is there any final thought that you have for the Chicago Bears as they have their first draft under Ryan Poles in the books? I think they're going to be improved on defense. I think with the I think there's going to be some competition um, at the safety position. Um I think linebacker-wise, the Bears are going to be good. Uh, we just hope we can get some edge rushing coming in off of here. We still don't know what our defensive tackles are going to look like at this point. Um, but I think overall, I think they did help themselves on defense. 
won't know about offense because really everything matters with that offensive line. They don't get this offensive line shored up. It doesn't matter who you put out there. So, um, you know, my thing is not to get Justin Fields killed back there like he's being like he got killed last year because we know he is prone to injury. And if he goes down, we have they they, they left a great one, um, Nick Foles go. So the the ten, the ten million dollar kid. So now I've uh, got who's that? Trevor Simeon. What's his name back there? That's right. Yeah, there we go. That's who we got. So. Yay, Rich. Are you happy or are you disappointed with the Bears' 2022 drafting? Ryan Pohl's first draft with the young man that he's brought into the Bears to compete for next season. I'm okay with it. I said he didn't have first round pick, made the best out of it, got extra picks, got extra picks, extra, extra, extra picks. I'm just uh, curious to see what this uh, rookie training camp is going to look like. I think there's going to be more people playing in their rookie training camp than there are people watching a Pop Warner uh, game in reality. I was like, that was a, a lot yeah. of people going to be there. So that should be interesting, at least. At least you've got more. But they say more harvest than workers. So, hey, go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there we are, uh, everyone. That's the wrap-up for where we are with the 2022 NFL draft of the Chicago Bears, Ryan Pohl's first draft. He drafted everybody. If you look, he probably drafted you too. So all we can say is you know who's in the building. He's Rich Sizzle. He's Jay Sizzle. I'm G Sizzle, and we will see you on the other side. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Iron Skillet Sports. And remember to like, share, and subscribe to Iron Skillet Sports on YouTube at Iron Skillet Sports.